Severance. So let's talk about your involvement. I know, of course, you've worked with Ben Stiller in the past many times. Yeah. Um, how did you become a part of this project? Ben called me at some point, oh my gosh, in 2019 um, and said, I'm working on this great show and, uh, you know, are you interested in it? Sounded amazing. And I actually, I know Adam Scott a little bit. Um, and so he had told me about it um, previously and I thought, God, that sounds incredible. So I was so happy to get the call from Ben about it. And um, he sent me the first two scripts and I read them and I just thought this is amazing. And then I flew to New York and we met and he showed me drawings and we talked and I started writing music and then COVID hit and everything, you know, everything went on hold, but, but in a way it actually, it gave me all this time to start writing ideas. And, you know, I, I had, you know, the ideas that really became uh, the foundation of the score during COVID, during the pause. And so um, it, it ended up being a strangely, you know, serendipitous thing for the creative process. Right. And what, I mean, I, of course you read the script first. So what gelled to you about the script? It's quite a fascinating script. Yeah, I mean, the, the scripts are amazing. And, and you know, I, I think that um, Dan Erickson, the writer, I mean, started with with such a brilliant idea. Um, you know, I, I think that the the idea of turning off your brain when you go to work is so relatable to so many people. Um, but then, you know, in the tradition of the best science fiction, he just followed through that idea to just the most interesting places and explored it in, in all of these dimensions. And, um, you know, I, I, I was just so thrilled as I read the way that the story developed. And, um, you know, it, it is both so smart and engaging and, and really grapples with a lot of ideas about the nature of the self, but at the same time, it's also really exciting and gets to be very thrilling by, by the end of the season. So, so it's, um, it's a real feat. It's explored in a very clever way. I, I will say, right. Yeah. Exploring the self. I I'm interested in knowing your thought process when you create, so you receive the script, you read the script. Do you go back then and, and talk to Ben or the writer or anyone else, or how do you start your process of composing? Well, it, it's interesting. I mean, the, the, on this project, the, the first thought I had is, okay, well, so it, it's about this dichotomy between, a, uh, you know, an innie and an outie, and maybe the music can, can explore that dichotomy. And, and so, and Ben thought that sounded reasonable. And so I started writing themes and, you know, and we were finding ideas we, we really liked. And, and then, um, I had written this one, this one piece of music and it had a section in the middle that Ben really liked. And it, it was not the main idea. It was like the B section of, of, of one idea, which was more electronic in nature. And, but Ben kept sort of going to this one part. And so I thought I should, I should like explore that. Like I, I should definitely, there's something there that he's responding to. And I sat down and I took the chord progression that it was based on and wrote what ended up being the main title theme for the show. Um, 
And I sent it to Ben and uh, didn't hear back from him for like weeks and weeks, like maybe over a month. And I was like, oh, I guess he didn't like that. Okay, wow. well, you know, <laughs> uh, the next idea will hit. And then, and then at some point he called me and said, you know, oh, I really like that, like that. I'm really excited about that. And, you know, Ben has such great intuition. Um, you know, one of the things that I have learned over the years, over and over again, is is to just trust his instincts because they're they're really amazingly on point. And you know what ended up happening is like we ditched the idea of an innie and outie theme or play, playing the separation. It really became about one theme, and I think that that what that ends up doing is just is just really always keeping you focused on what's the mystery what's the central mystery of this show and and um you know i i think that even though we kind of didn't know that's what we were doing necessarily we 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 just sort of followed that um we followed our gut i think that that's what the effect of that has well, and it's such a catchy tune, Theodore. I have to tell you that. Thank I mean, it's it, it. What's so interesting, I think, when you watch the episodes too, it, it's there, right? Yeah. But it doesn't overpower the scene so much. It's almost like it drives the scene, though. But it, it, the music is so important, I think, in each of each of those scenes. I'm also fascinated by the opening. So, uh -huh. did you receive those visuals first, or does that come into play with how this process was? No, I mean it, it was the other way around. Which, of course, you know, as a film composer, it's so nice because so often, you know, your job is chasing the picture, and and in this case, you know, I had written that theme for Ben, and he, you know, and he really liked it, and and we thought it would be a good good material for, for the main title sequence. So I wrote a version of it um, that was, you know, about a minute and a half long for the purpose of the main title. And then this brilliant animator um, who's known by uh, the name Extraweg, Oliver, um, he, he created this incredible sequence. Wow. And, um, you know, and it was a thrill. It was a thrill to be involved. Ben included me sort of in those meetings with him. Um, and he had a million incredible ideas. You know, it was like the challenge, I think, uh, for, for Ben was like picking which ideas to follow because he had so many brilliant ones. And, uh, you know, I think that they ended up with just the most incredible, striking visual sequence and and you know and I got to just sit back having already written the music and just sort of watch them put the visuals to picture which was really nice it must have been so exciting to watch though because I feel like I could watch that opening sequence three to five times I, I mean you know <laughs> so I, brilliant I, I, I'm always excited to watch it and um you know and and, and proud to have my music behind it and um it, 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 you know the guy is a truly brilliant artist and and it's really it's really neat to to have your music as part of something like that. Oh, I can imagine. I'm going to jump real quick and talk about film because of course you mentioned we know that you have a background in film too. How yeah. different is it composing for film and television? It's really different. I mean, it it, it it's a it's a definitely distinct experience mainly because um I think in film, you can really get your hands around 
what the shape of your score is. You know, you, you go and watch a, a, a screening of the entire movie when you're working on a feature, you know, many, many times over the course of the process. So you can sit and you watch and you think like, oh, okay, well, you know, I need to do something different here because like the, the overall shape feels like it needs more energy in this section. You know, television, there's just so many hours and you work on, on the piece, you know, on the episodes one at a time such that you, you can, you can get that kind of a sense of how the shape of each episode is working, but it's very hard to track how the entire season is working. And so, so it's a little bit more of a leap of faith um, that, that, that over the course of nine episodes or however many episodes you're, you're making something that has the right shape. And that's where you just have to really trust your colleagues, um, you know, and in, in this case, you know, Ben and Jeff Richmond, the, the supervising editor were, you know, were so great with music throughout the process and, uh, and um, such good partners in, in helping to, you know, helping to construct the music and then just helping to keep track of, of, of those larger shapes uh, over the course of the season. So Theodore, do you get to go back in and revisit? So for example, like, you know, I've, I'm at episode seven right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I, I felt like in five, I felt the tempo picking up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then by the time in, I'm in seven, I'm definitely seeing different compositions and different pieces. Yeah. So are you creating all this before or you're able to go back and revisit and revise if you need to? Oh, oh I see. You know, it, it's both. So, so one of the things that, that I really like doing, um, whether for film or television, is I like to do a lot of writing early on in the process, like, like even before, before the filmmaker has shot. And, and we did a lot of that on this. Um, you know, after, after we dis- discovered what our main theme was, you know, I spun out tons and tons of material based on that theme because I wanted the music to be in the hands of the editor and, and, and Ben while they were cutting picture so that they could be laying not the score from some other movie into, into the show, but the score to the show into the show. And so, um, so in a lot of cases, they gave me an amazing head start by taking something that I had already written, placing it as a placeholder somewhere, and then I could go in and, and fine tune it to, um, to the action. Or if we didn't have exactly the right piece, then I would write something new. Um, one of the things, I mean, this is this speaks to what you are talking about, is um, we came to realize that in episodes eight and nine, the show was going to have to kick up into another gear of propulsion because, because the events of the show really start to um, accelerate. Mm-hmm. And so we developed this sort of more propulsive language and it does start to creep into the show earlier on, like in episode five, um, hints of it. So, so that by the time we get to episodes eight and nine, we're really feeling a lot more of that propulsive material. Um, and so that was definitely something where, you know, I wrote that material intended for episodes eight and nine. And then 
but it was there from the time that we were making episodes, you know, pretty much all of the episodes. So all of that material ended up getting foregrounded a little bit so that we felt like we had built into it by the time we got there. Such a fascinating process. It now, is. <laughs> wow, I mean, just so. to think of the brilliancy on your part of you creating all this prior to even the film or the editing being completed. Um, now, I understand that you like to solve puzzles. Yeah. And this show is like a big puzzle as yeah. you're watching. You're trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um, so what did you enjoy the most in creating music for this puzzle? I mean... Honestly, what what was really exciting was we had this we have this theme and it's really just based around four chords. You know, there's a melody, but but the the material is really based around four, four chords that cycle endlessly. And so then the the challenge as a composer is, you know, how can you spin that out and how can you keep developing it and keep keep stretching it out and making it surprising and finding new things to do with it so that it really has the effect, uh, you know, as we deepen the mystery of what's going on, how can we make the music feel like it is also sort of peeling back layers and layers of the onion? Um, and that's a challenge and a, and a thrill and, um, and of course, you know, it just makes me think, uh, assuming this show goes on to more seasons, you know, how do you keep doing that? Not just over one season, but over multiple seasons. And, and so that is a daunting challenge, but, but an exciting one. And were there any particular influences um, that shaped your composition for Severance? I mean, you know, I think that, um, you know, as I said, we, we got to the main theme in this really roundabout way, but but I think that there's a there are some kindred spirits um, uh, for the score in in the score to uh, the conversation from from the '70s, which also has a solo piano, sort of a, a very kind of spare solo piano um, score that is definitely. Uh, it wasn't an intentional influence, but I think that that's something that's always in the back of my head as, as something that I like. Um, and, uh, and in general, I would say that, 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 you know, the filmmaking of that period has some resonance with, with this show for me. Uh, you know, there's, there is some little bit of 70s filmmaking to me that is present in this show and some of the themes that were, um, you know, some of the themes of, of individual alienation that were common in, in those movies, in the movies of that time, I think have their own sort of spin in this series. So it, it feels like um, an appropriate connection. Now you've also got a strong history in composing comedy and, and lighter pieces. So uh -huh. when you approach a show like this that has a darker theme, um, what comes to mind or, or how, how is your approach to something like this? I mean, the truth is that the approach isn't different. I mean, when I score a comedy, I am, I'm doing the same thing that I'm doing if I'm scoring a drama, which is I am figuring out how to help the filmmaker tell the story. And, um, you know, if, if I'm scoring Tropic Thunder or Spy, you know, 
those are, in my mind, serious stories about protagonists trying to, you know, trying to get over obstacles, and I approach them that way. Um, and and it's really not different with the drama, you know. I I, I it's the same amount of blood, sweat, and tears, and um, and and you know, as a composer, I mean, I, I laugh a lot when I'm working on comedies, but but um, the great thing. <laughs> what's that? I said, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Um, it's, a, it's a good way to spend your time. Um, but, but the process is, is actually more similar than you'd think. And now, do you play any instruments yourself? I do. I play, I play piano. Ah, okay. So a lot of the compositions, and that's your work right there. It is. Yeah, yes. I, I did play the piano parts um, in, in this score, and it, it's... You know, it's really, really nice to, um, you know, to write for an instrument that you know how to play. Um, it, it's, it's the only one that I really know how to play well. And so uh, when I'm working on a score that's not piano heavy, you know, there's always some amount of guesswork. I, I can um, imagine, you know, I've studied a lot and I, I know what should be playable, but there's a big difference between knowing what should be playable and knowing what is playable because you play it. And so uh, it's always a treat to write for uh, to write for piano when I can be the one to sit down and play it. Of course. And it's such a huge part of this show. So yeah. I mean, it's, again, very catchy theme. Anytime we listen to the music, I'm curious because, you you know, you work on season one, you've got yeah. entire layout. But then do you have to kind of come up with something new and different for season two? Or is it OK to carry over some of the stuff thematically? How does that work? Well, I think it's a combination. I mean, I think that the that the real challenge is that it needs to um, it needs to feel like it's the same show. And, and and I have no doubt that we will want to continue with some of this with some of the same themes. But it also needs to feel like it's evolving, and um, and so you know, I, I would expect to just continue trying to see how that that theme can be pulled apart more and spun out in different directions, and uh, you know, depending upon where the story goes, new themes might emerge, um, and you know, I, I think that that it's a real balancing act between keeping the language consistent and keeping, you know, and returning to that theme, which I think, um, you know, the audience at this point, like is used to and wants to hear, um, while at the same time, not having it feel like you're just repeating yourself. And so, so finding, finding that balance is the, is the trick. And Lastly, on a personal note, I mean, yeah. you had such a beautiful career. I'd love to hear from you. Um, how has the world of composing changed from perhaps, you know, even when you started or even a few years ago to now what's happening? How has it evolved? Oh, man, that's an interesting question. Um, the world of composing. I don't know. I mean, I think that the, um, I, you know, I, I don't know how the world of composing has evolved, but I, I guess I, I'll speak personally For about your work. it, which your is- work which is to say that, you know, one of the things that's changed for me from the time when I was just starting and I was just out of, you know, I was just out of music school was that I, at a certain point, I really started to rely more heavily on my 
musical collaborators. I started involving more improvisation of other people into my composition process and really opening up my process instead of having to feel like I was the composer and in charge of everything that was happening. I started to find that I really enjoyed, you know, getting out of the center and letting other people, other people's creativity influence what I was doing. Um, I started doing more things like writing music ahead of time and putting it in the hands of my collaborators. And all of that is really um, about just allowing myself to not be at the center of the compositional process and, and allowing for that beautiful um, collaboration and happy accidents and all of those things to enter my process more. So that, that's been the big shift for me. It's where the magic happens. And yeah. I have to ask, okay, cause you play the piano, but if there was one instrument that, an, if there was another instrument that you could learn to play, what would that instrument be? Cello. That is a nice one. Me it's too. A, it's a great instrument. I wish I could play it. I wish I could play any string instrument. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's happening for me in this lifetime, but but uh, but the cello is so great. It really like it covers the whole range of of the human voice. You yeah. know, the the from the slowest note to its highest note is like the whole range from from a low man uh, man's voice to a high female voice. It's just a beautiful, beautiful instrument. And um, maybe one of these days. The range is so beautiful. Yes, you have a, a long lifetime ahead of you. You never know. You never well, know. You never know. It's been a pleasure. Um, as I Likewise. wrap up here, is there anything else you want to say about Severance and, and your work on it? No, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just so proud of this show and I, I'm watching it every week as an audience member and just enjoying it tremendously. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled to have worked on it and, and, and enjoying it like everybody else. Well, it's always exciting to hear your pieces. So I'm glad I had the pleasure to speak to you today.